0: Log Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, April the the 19th, and welcome to our commentary. One of our very favorite people is joining us today, Leslie Eastman, who's a great friend of our show as well as a contributor uh, to Legal Insurrection. So please say hello to Leslie, and how are you, Leslie? Hey, Leslie. (laughs)
1: I'm very happy to be here really enjoying that another session of the crazy news cycle today um and uh we're welcome back i'm very happy to be here um and enjoying you know well talking thank with you so with much related to news and
0: news. we're always delighted to have you because you're such an interesting lady and you always write a lot of great things at at legal insurrection and we're going to cover some of them today but i want to begin with a story that is from your golden state of California. And that is Senator Feinstein. As you know, she's been a senator for a long time. The last time she had a real challenge within the Democrat Party, this guy out of L.A. challenged her and actually did pretty well against her in the general election. But now they want to get her out of the Senate because in her health condition, she's she cannot help the Democrats in the Judiciary Committee and the Republicans are having a lot of fun with this because, I mean, as long as she's absent, no judges can be approved. So, what what are they saying in California about this? Is it a big story, or is this more of a Washington story?
1: I believe, you know, California has so many significant problems that I'm aware of it. I think people are aware of it, uh, and uh, really, things are moving on. Uh, it, it, I am not. It makes no difference to us in California. The level of our decline is just ex- accelerating. And, and our problems really are more local and in Sacramento at this yeah. point. Um, uh, but I will say this. Uh, the last time we changed out a senator, we went from Bab Barker to Kamala Harris. And you right. can see how well that worked out. Right. So I'm really hoping that Diane Feinstein recovers from the shingles. And is able to return to some capacity as it suits her, and uh, the Republicans are not strong. dominance making choices they do not wish to make, right? And uh, but I've just warned everybody in your audience to brace yourself because Diane Feinstein, this is her. I she can't continue on, and the next one I guarantee you, you will make Feinstein look like a right. Margaret. Your
0: no, I know. And, and that's the sad thing that, you know, the next one is going to be more crazy liberal, but at least for the time being, for the time being, until she gets back to work and we wish her a recovery. I mean, she's 89 yeah. years old. Yes. I mean, we, uh, we are not I, like for
1: some of our compatriots right. are on the alternative side. Exactly. So not yeah. harm or, or no, or no,
0: we wish her come well. Come she's 89 down. years old. And from what I understand, she's a nice grandmother and all of that. So we wish her well. But it's just the the timing of her problem. That's, that's, that's the issue because the Democrats are boxed in. They cannot do anything in the Judiciary Committee, which is really interesting. It's keeping uh, a few judges from joining the bench. And for you and me, that's probably a good thing. All right, let's get into issues. You write some wonderful stuff at Legal Insurrection. For the benefit of someone who has not uh, seen you before, uh, how long have you been writing at Legal Insurrection, Leslie?
1: I began writing in 2012, so it's been 10-plus years. And my work there evolved. I came in as a contributor to College Insurrection and posted college-oriented sto- stories, and I might toss in one or two Legal Insurrection stories at a uh, time. But my own environmental health and safety work exploded in 2015 and I had to make decisions and the decision was I go into legal insurrection and really focus on contributing that side as it grew and as stories evolved and I got it into my further work with environmental health and safety I took on more and more of the science topics which were naturally deferred to me anyway and as we are beginning to see a lot more science influence in Life uh, and a much higher level of understanding is required, and, and I think this came about as a result of COVID. People, people became aware that uh, you know science, understanding the sciences and technologies. Now mm-hmm. and we need to really have people understanding the full spectrum of information, not just things presented to us on a narrative basis. So. That's really where the trust of So it's about is. ten
0: years. It's about it's almost about as long as I've known you because I remember when I first met you, you through a, a legal insurrection article. So yeah, yes. it's been a it's been a long time. Yeah. Now, uh, when I was introducing you, did I say college or legal insurrection? I think it it's legal insurrection.
1: All like right, said, it, it, it's, I said, it's 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 evolved, um, and it's right. really okay. been a pleasure and a blessing to be part of the legal Right. No, I
0: just wanted to make sure that I had mentioned it correctly, uh, because I had it here in front of me, legal insurrection. But, you know, sometimes when we go live, we, we don't always uh, follow the, the notes that we have. Okay, well, let's get into all the technical stuff that you write about, which is absolutely wonderful. And uh, the first one that I want to bring up, there's a lot of talk these days from the political arena about this COVID coming out of a Chinese lab. That used to be taboo, if you remember not long ago you couldn't say it, you couldn't print it, they kick you out of some places if you did. Uh apparently it's becoming more acceptable now. So tell me uh your thoughts on this China lab is could that be true that it came and could it could it have been done on purpose, which is what a lot of people were fearing. So uh,
1: yeah. open up
0: on that. Tell me about it. I,
1: I will I will note that my legal interaction team uh, we noted a report from Chinese researchers as early as February 2020 that they suspected the virus came from the Wuhan Inst- Institute of Biology, and it was a hard news story coming out of the UK. I linked to it, and we've kept on tracing information related to potential for lab leak, even despite the fact that... It was a predominant push by the political bureaucrats um, out of the NIH as well as our media to make anybody asserting a lab uh, a leak was even possible as presenting misinformation. Fortunately, other scientists, other people in the, the power and a few savvy science came up with the work and it's kind of consolidated in a Senate Health Committee uh, report, developed by the Republicans. Of course, it's being, it, you know, the media is saying, "Oh, it's Republicans, and they are, you know, discounting every other natural alternative." But what it really comes down to is when you look at the genetics of the viruses that came out early, it appears there was not only one but two leaks. Um, one leak occurred as probably as early as uh, 2019 in November. And the second leap appears to have followed when they were researching for a vaccine for the first virus. So they're like two back-to-back um, situations. And this is all condensed in their Senate report with other findings about the genetic footprint, which really can't be achieved except if you are at altering DNA structure of the viruses, which you know, gain-of-function research, which they've been denying, denying, denying. But if you trace back to the funding and the NIH and the Echo Health Alliance and that group, it's very apparent they were doing gain-of-function research on that involving coronaviruses, pulled likely from a case in uh, northern China in 2012. And Interestingly enough, a bunch of those coal miners in that cave developed symptoms similar to the early onset variety of COVID that we witnessed at the early phases of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Nice. So that's what the Senate report came out. Um, it's, again, being now presented on the new site. So it's okay to talk about, but I will simply say I've been talking about it since February right. 2020. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Now, for those of us who are really, really not technical like you, how does, a, how does a virus leak from a lab? I mean, does it like, does somebody literally take it out or is it by uh, accident? No. Some, some, let's say somebody gets sick and they walk out and they're sick and they, is that how it works?
1: There are so many different ways. When you are dealing with viruses. There are different levels of biosafety containment, and you build upon them. One is just standard lab practice: gloves, of lab coat. The next one up is strict coming and outgoing, where you have a certain set of order. Where you take, put on the lab coat, gloves, well, things come off. Waste is all containerized within there. Everything is bleached or otherwise decontaminated. Next level up takes it into a fully ventilated system with much more robust going in and going out. So you have the fourth level, which is own containment building with double protection, with things scrubbed, and and it's a higher level containment. When you are talking about viruses that are caused potentially very serious health consequences that are airborne, you are usually usually doing that research work at the third level, where you have much more enhanced ventilation, and it you it's a lot more scrupulous in how you go in, how you go out, how much decon decontamination you're achieving as you go out, especially. When you take a look at the what was going on at the Wuhan laboratory, uh, they were working at the lower level. They were working at level two, and.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: Looks like from reports they were kind of using that as guidelines as opposed to strict protocol, which yeah. invites virus contamination to go in and go out quite easily. The next w- factor is the yeah. ventilation system apparently was not working, and they had emergency repairs on that ventilation system in the summer, and there were also issues with the waste system. So yeah. lots of ways for that material to get out.
0: Right. So that's how it, it gets out. Now, how does it get to the United States? I guess that's easy today with flights and, and the kind of contact that we have, you know, uh, people going back and forth all over the world. This guy catches it. He takes it here. And next thing you know,
1: it's all over. Yeah, it I will over, say, yeah. when yeah. you apparently custom designed a virus to be super sticky to the human respiratory system, and there is evidence that this is what happened, Um, You know, once it's out, it is going to stay as we're all now enjoying the various COVID derivations that have subsequently developed. At this point, COVID is endemic. We'll have flu season. We'll have cold season. But apparently, every season is going to be COVID season with fun new variants that we will learn to enjoy and endure.
0: Right. And, and I guess everybody's more or less gotten used to that. I mean, you know, we, we, we don't fear COVID, I guess, like we did three years ago when we were covering ourselves and, you know, closing businesses, at least for the time being, we've learned to live with it. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that. now anything else about the COVID like Because I wanted to ask you about AI and okay. the German power. Uh, so yeah. anything else you want to add about because there's a political factor to this China, if I may say one more thing here. There's a, yeah. a political factor to the China lab story, and the political factor is, of course, that some people were saying it, other people were denying it. Some people were saying it, other people were shutting you down for saying it. So that's, you know, that that's the political element that, that could resurface next year's but, election. You know,
1: I, you know, that is going to be a real problem going forward, as we saw with the Twitter files, how the government manipulated the discussions that were going on and really repressed good, solid alternative explanations and alternative data and alternative approaches. So where do you go to for trust anymore when you've got a serious health issue? Well, I'll just mention that New York story, um, the warning from the top doctor from New York City about the number of uh, uh, immigrants coming in who are unvaccinated. Well, that's an issue, but also that issue is they're bringing in Diseases like tuberculosis for which there is no good vaccination and which we have enjoyed freedom from having to worry about for the past two decades. And our public health system is deteriorated. So We have the combination of deteriorating conditions and a public health bureaucracy we no longer fully trust on top of politicians who do not seem adverse to manipulate all of the above to achieve whatever their goals is for whatever activity they want to do. Right. So it's a yes. very worrisome situation. The situation about, To no, AI. I was going to say
0: very quickly that the, the the situation in New York, of course,
1: yes. when
0: you're talking about tuberculosis, and, and you're right. I mean, I remember when I first came to the United States, we had to get a TV shot. When I lived and worked in Mexico for four years during my career, I had to get a shot. And here recently... Uh, when I took this uh, position as a part-time instructor at the local college, uh, I had to get a shot. I mean, I had to get because they wanted to protect the students, obviously. So uh, we're obviously aware of the risk and the fact that people are coming in who are not being tested. That's that to me is a, a irresponsible thing to do. Would you not agree?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I- it's presented as you know, racist to. We want to have people in this country in a controlled manner so we can do things like evaluate vaccination status, evaluate health issues so they can be resolved. Uh, and, it, again, we are the, the health level we've enjoyed for the past 50 years, I fear will not be the level of health mean, medical
0: I agree. I mean, I remember when there was a time when, you know, they didn't call you a racist because you wanted people who came in to prove they were vaccinated. But now, of course, everything is racist, which is uh, comical and sad at the same time. Well, let's go to the the other big story that you wrote. And we have so many stories with you, Leslie. We could do a five-hour show, but we obviously are limited. But the one that is the one about AI and then Please take that to the German power. So, which one do you want to do first?
1: we'll, we'll do AI first. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it as I've been following the chatbots and the technology and the products of AI, um, there are a number of issues that are raising concerns, and I think Elon Musk who recently had an interview with Tucker Carlson expressed it pretty well when he said he's worried about the potential for AI and its outset to use as manipulation. We, you know, create lies or create information that seems highly factual, but it's not, to manipulate people people into taking a certain set of actions. And another really good pundit, um, Glenn Reynolds, Professor Glenn Reynolds, is the pundit, also noted that AI, you know, it's not going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger technology, Terminator technology, which won't be that scary. It's going to be, you know, friendly, the Tamaguchi neopad and it's going to be presented, and it's going to be your friend, and it's going to be your buddy, and people will connect on it and trust it, which compounds the problem that Elon Musk said about manipulating people. We've already seen evidence of this already. In Belgium, uh, Belgium, a man committed suicide because he was dialoguing with an AI chatbot program about climate change, and the AI program suggested that he kill himself and be a hero for the climate, and indeed he killed himself and was a hero for the climate. Now, granted, most mentally healthy people don't rely on that kind of input, but it shows you the degree to which persuasive manipulation of information can really influence people's behaviors?
0: Right, yeah, I mean, but you have, like you say, people who are a bit unstable, anything can set them off. And uh, so AI stands for what? Uh, Intelligence. Artificial
1: intelligence.
0: Okay, artificial intelligence, okay. And I think I saw uh, Elon Musk saying that uh, this is even being used to create certain narratives. Political narratives in the in the internet. So, like you're watching or you're reading something, and you think this is coming from a human being, but it's not. It's coming from. Is, is it correct to say machines or whatever? Yes. It's called? It, yeah, it,
1: it's it, and it's it's the same thing. It's it's it gives you what you put in and garbage in, garbage out. I did a little experiment myself where I asked yeah. a chatbot for information on Leslie Eastman. Author for Legal Insurrection. And, you know, they got some of it correct, but I was shocked to learn I have a law degree, which I do not, and I teach law also, which I do not do. So, uh, again, it it can only give you what is in its pool. And, you know, but there are other people who are using it to, to, you know, work on books, work on novels, work on videos. So there are creative things that can be done. As long as you are aware, I think, of the ability to manipulate. Right. um, And and be having protections against that and being aware of what your own exposure to this sort of thing is, is a good first step. And they're looking for regulations, which is... You know, it's all new. It's all developing. We'll, I will be really interested in chatting with you in about six months' time to yes. see where all of this is developing. A- apparently, uh, one of the chat GBT it was originally developed open source by Elon Musk, and he let it go. And now he's scrambling to catch up with the new artificial intelligence company, it's like AI.x. So, uh we really well, want you know to know what, the
0: source and input. You know what would really be fascinating, Leslie, if somebody would put in Joe Biden and see what comes up. I wonder what ethnic influ I mean, what ethnic group he belongs to because he seems to have had so many he has said so many things in his life about you know, where he comes from and who he is. So it'd be fascinating to, to see what comes up with somebody like that who has said so many things over over the years. Now, over in Germany, uh, let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's a major European issue, uh, the the thing about German power, so tell me about that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, Germany is an economic powerhouse and um, you you watch how it's trying to meet green energy demands has been a very scary experience over here. And why the story is now important is that they've shut down their three remaining nuclear power plants. So nuclear power, there's been a lot of improvements on how to safely use nuclear power. And one of the things I say, if you're going to be so concerned about, you know, fossil fuels, well, then look, let's see if you can increase the nuclear power footprint because that really is, is a, a good energy. And, and one of the, the things that you look at when they shut this down is what are they now using? Well, now they're using lots and lots of coal and they're using other fossil fuels. So all of a sudden their carbon dioxide footprint that they wanted to go down is increased substantially. And so that, that is truly, truly concerning and, and And a friend of mine sent me some input-output ratios to kind of highlight how important it is to have effective energy for civilization. Back in the uh, old medieval times or before we got sophisticated technologies courtesy of the Industrial Revolution, the the input-output ratio was about one to three. So you burn wood and you get three times the energy. But think of all the input labor that went into it, the chopping the wood, the finding the wood, you know, the going where the trees went. So that was a lot. Okay, life well, got a bit better in the industrial revolution when you found coal as a source, and coal is a one to fifty ratio. Now we all know about coal and you know the industrial smog is that, but still one to fifty. and if you now have scrubbing technologies and take other steps, you can reduce some of the footprint there, so that was a bit better um, uh, with with gasoline, it's about one to one hundred. so again, much better than c- coal um and uh you know so that's wonderful, but nuclear is one to a thousand, so you get a lot of bang with your buck for nuclear, so as uh Germany goes forward it's going to be an int- it is going to be a wild ride um because they're gonna go back to a footprint and and another really interesting tidbit is solar solar is one to five so one to five is 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 just barely out of the wood burning stage.
0: Yes, that, that is interesting. So solar energy for all the publicity and all the incentives is no better than using your fireplace, I guess.
1: Yes, uh, it, 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 precisely. And if you take a look, uh, the the people who are in green energy are saying, "Oh, these charts are wrong. These charts are bad. You're not you're not looking at like battery power, whatever. It, it's immaterial." The input-output ratio is not going to change. And one of the interesting things they came across today as part of preparation is the discussion of lithium battery trucks. So you want to go and EV and you know, store up energy. Well, those lithium batteries in those trucks are about 8,000 pounds per battery, and you need, two, you need two batteries. And if you have a fleet of trucks and try to put in for the kind of megawatts that are required to power up those trucks, you will have more energy required than in many small cities throughout the country.
0: Wow, that is amazing. We are
1: setting ourselves up for an energy catastrophe.
0: Yes. Yes, we are. And and, and that is fascinating what you said about solar energy because every time you, you turn on the TV or you see on the Internet all these incentives to set up solar power or solar energy or whatever, and uh, I guess it's not that efficient from what you're saying
1: yeah I'm you know me I'm a you know I'm a, all your energy options for right, sort of the right. girl and yeah. and certainly in some places things work better than others. I get that, um but you are if you are trying to make whole populations to make specific choices even it goes to their economic interest, something is going to give, and something is going to give hard right. and um i am'm i I think I recall reading that Europe is reevaluating whether they're going to move to all EV vehicles in 2035 uh, because it's beginning to dawn on people that the promises of those EV batteries are not meeting the realities at all. And especially when you're looking at factors like mining and source materials that you actually have to have to produce those batteries and how energy intensive it is to extract those minerals and how potentially polluting it is. Um, Again, there's been a press that's been ignoring a lot of alternative information that is so critical in making good decisions regarding our energy options. Well,
0: not not only uh, everything you said is correct, I would also add you have have to consider where these minerals are coming from and what country has them. Because the idea that so much of it comes from China, as I understand, doesn't make me real comfortable depending on China uh, at a time when, frankly, I want to see the opposite. I want to see more of that manufacturing and dependence come back here. Uh, so if we have to rely on the Chinese for these materials or these, this, the stuff for these batteries, that doesn't make me feel uh, very comfortable. One, one thing I wanted to say, though, and you remember this, I'm sure. When President Trump went to the u n and he looked directly at the guy from Germany and he said something about their dependence on russia, uh, I think the Germans are starting to figure out that Trump was correct when he told them that leslie that they they're starting to now change their tune because they know that uh you know that what, what they've been following has not been very bright for the germans that is leslie yeah
1: uh, yes i I think you're correct, and again, it goes to. Different people have different needs, and you can't make globally-based decisions that are right for every population. And I think it will use every country with leadership that cares about its citizens to really assess realities, and make good choices for their people. Right, and
0: and that's such a good point, Leslie, uh, as we're winding down. That is really a good point because you look, for example, at the electric car. I have nothing against it, but it's not very practical in Texas. If you wanna drive from here to San Antonio, that's 300 miles, which means you have to, at some point down the road, recharge that battery, and recharging a battery takes a heck of a lot longer than pumping gasoline. So you have to consider that, not just on a person on vacation, okay, technically when you're on vacation, you're not as worried about time, but what about commercial trucks that are moving stuff around the state? I mean, if all of a sudden you have to make a one-hour stop every time you're going to refuel your, your truck, that's an expense that uh, will show up in whatever product they're delivering uh, you know, that day. Well, Leslie, we're just about out of time. I, uh, I promise we will do this again. I love your articles at Legal Insurrection, and I hope you keep it up. What is your next one? Give us a, give us a preview of your next article, Leslie.
1: Well, uh, interesting. We talked a little bit about tuberculosis. The next article will be about a woman who fled a court order to obtain treatment or isolation because she has an active case of tuberculosis. So uh, that is the next topic that I have comes out of Washington State. Uh, I need to say we'll continue to follow AI and energy, you know, and other science related topics. And it's a real blessing to be here today to uh
0: Well actually I gotta I the... gotta I gotta recognize you for one thing. Very important thing. Your article about AI made it to Insta Pundit this morning. I that's what I saw. So you are now on Insta pundit, which means that a lot of people are gonna check you out. So that, you know, I love when you when you do stuff like that, when you get around like that. Mm-hmm. And of course it's it's one hundred percent because people appreciate the great work that you do, that, that's why people like to read it. So this morning, when I get up, I was getting ready to do my, you know, my little presentation for the show. I look at Instapundit, as I always do, and then I see, oh my gosh, my friend Leslie's on there at the top of the page. So I say, congratulations! That is absolutely great. When you get that kind of exposure, that must mean you're pretty good, Leslie. That's pretty good. You're pretty good when you get that kind of. So congratulations on on really a wonderful achievement to make it there on InstaPundit. Congratulations.
1: I love that. That just made my day. That just made my day, Silvio. So, uh, yeah, lots of work ahead for both of us. Uh, The news cycle never stops. And uh, we'll do this again real soon. I hope so, so, yeah.
0: You let me know when and we'll do it again and we'll talk about whatever you like to talk about because everything you talk about, everything you write about is so interesting. So, always happy to, to have you on board. Thank you so much, Leslie. My best to you and to your family and everybody at Legal Insurrection. Tell them that they have a great site. I love that site, so I always check yeah. it as well. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful site. Thank you so much. Well, that's going to do it for today, folks. Our our good friend Leslie Eastman is always uh, joining us. She's a wonderful lady, as you could tell, always very informative, and we love having her on the, on the podcast as well as... Uh, is the video cast. Everybody have a great day and we'll talk to you the next time. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.